Welcome back to the Social Seller Podcast with Connor Paulson. Today we have a special guest, but I really want to remind you of why we're putting this out there. It goes way beyond sales and it's about being a high quality communicator and living a congruent life, right? And to do that, that starts to show in sales. So my guarantee in, in the value I want to make sure I promise you is that each guest is someone that I look up to personally, someone that has either taken off with their brand already and is killing it, each one what I would say be doing that, but everyone's on different stages, right? I'm so excited to not only have a, a good friend, but Manny Retoria here. Let's go, episode number six. And let's just hop in, because look at this gentleman, right? I mean, you're, when I look at you, I see like a, a special mix of Mark Cuban and Seth Rogen. Ah, okay. <laughs> like, I think maybe a little personality involved too, right? Definitely. Uh, you're, you're 30 years, 38 years young, born and raised in San Diego, like Oscar, the magical cameraman. Started as an electrician, and that'll make sense here in a little bit. Still You've always am. been. A, still am. Oh, till oh, okay. I die. Till I die. Till, till I, I die. die. I love that. I love that. I'm so, a <laughs> Guarantee for life. You're a career builder. You were born right over there. We can actually see the hospital that you were born on an island. You're an islander. How cool is that? <laughs> I know. I get to I get to boast about that only because I was born and I was raised in Chula Vista. So so for <laughs> anyone feel that, a little bit more unique, <laughs> right? And for anyone that knows, there it's Coronado Island, and it's a crazy story within itself. And yeah. maybe it'll come up tonight. Um, and you own a handful of companies, right? Three companies. I mean, a nonprofit. You have one up solar, and that's how we met. I mean, running a fast growing solar company in Southern California is nuts and how fast you're growing is really a big part of why I wanted to bring you on. Cause I know it's such an exciting time and genuinely, I just personally, it's a little selfish. I just want to get a better idea of how it works, how the industry is moving and, and where you see things going. You have a holdings company too, and you've managed teams of 15 or more. So those are all qualifications I think in, in the personal and professional way for a social seller. And just knowing you for a couple of years here in San Diego, I know you're a high quality human. I look up to you. I know you have a spiritual component. That's definitely where we, we vibe too. But I guess just to start it off, where were you born here in San Diego, but what, what kept you here? Because most people don't. And, and what are you doing today? The palm trees kept me here, honestly. Moving, I moved, well, first of all, I wanna say thank you both to you, Oscar and Connor for having me here. Um, it's really a pleasure and um, you know, I hope we bring some value to the table today. Um, we have a lot of stories and so, yeah, San Diego, I mean, the Coronado Bridge. Check out my wrists. Yeah. That's the bridge and, and actually that here. view that you see on my, on my wrist yeah. is the exact view that you get from J Street, Chula Vista. And you see these buildings over here. So. Anyway, that's on there for Try to talk into the mic, too, just because I want to make sure everyone hears you. And you can yeah, pull right, a little right. closer, too. I know you're an energetic person, and <laughs> you came in and mentioned it to me beforehand, and I know you're an energetic person. It's, it's difficult for, for me, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, no, I that. know. I know. Um, so you have a handful of companies, but I think I just want to dive right in, if it's okay mm -hmm. with you. Is that all right? Yeah, sure, sure. All right. And so, just, to, just to finish off the question, what keeps me here are the palm trees. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Palm trees. It's, it's, I mean, I, I lived me. in Arizona for a little bit, and there's no palm trees. <laughs> That's it. Arizona. There's no green. Zonians. It's hot. Uh, who would you attribute, looking back to the person you are today, as your role model for life? Not right now, but just in life. And how did they impact you? 
Um, my parents, both of them equally, I would say. Uh, more so my dad uh, and my mom in different ways, but just uh, as, in, in, as a businessman and you know, career-wise and just the drive, um, it, was, it was actually something that my father instilled in me when I was young. Yeah. And the only thing, he was like, he was a man of very few, few words, actually. And he just passed away January 6th, I think. This year. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. Was I didn't know that one. Anyway, that's a, that's a story to tell later. But um, I have this, this quote tattooed on my arm that he wrote. He wrote me one letter in his entire life. And um, he's just uh, a man of very few words. And the, I think the only thing that stuck with me, because I was, you know, naive and just a teenager, you know, we were... Growing up in the 90s, just, you know, do whatever <laughs> you can as a teenager and just be home by 10. <laughs> and so um, he, he would often just pull me aside and, and remind me that, that I was a badass, you know. And what that, that was what would, he, what would he say to you? Your, your, your blood that runs in your veins is that of a fucking badass. Like, it's, it's the best blood you can ever have. Like, you're lucky. And... And that's just kind of like, whoa, yeah, okay, all right, fucking badass. I got, you know, I have, I have great blood. Um, I'm pretty much good at everything I can do. You know, it, it kind of pumped me up in such a way. I, I don't think I'm like, you know, blowing up in the head or anything like that. I, I, and that's where my mother's, you know, teachings come in. She was, uh, she's, you know, she's, she's a devout Mormon. Um, I actually grew up in the Mormon church, believe it or not, yeah. baptized and everything. Um, but you know, I was, I was the kid that used to fall asleep during the three-hour church math or whatever yeah so um i quickly that wasn't for me but um she was you know she gives her entire like soul and everything and just to everybody out there she's just selfless 100 percent um and you know she's she raised seven children on her own so with with you know being she was her thing was cars she was uh for the first you know years of my life I, I was I was telling uh, Oscar here about the story with, about me being bored. Maybe that comes through. She used to drive a uh, big, you know, big uh, F Ford F three fifty truck with like two gas tanks, stick shift, and I, she was pregnant with me, and she had to like stop an emergency. I was born by mistake here in Coronado. You I was, should have been born in a Ford three fifty. Oh, I know, right? Oh, she, I was almost. She was like crowning. Like, <laughs> she pulled like a hospital. She's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. This kid's coming out. Number seven's gonna pop out. Like just, you know. And that's basically how it was. They tried to send her off to Chula Vista where she was supposed to have me, but um, she, no, that didn't happen. And so um, that was that was that was my image of my mom, like driving around big ass trucks. And then she used to buy salvage vehicles from like uh, uh, auctions. She'd fix them, and she'd go all through the junkyards, and, like, she knew, like, all the junkyard people. And she was really cool, really super hot, too. And, you know, they would just give her, like, good deals on, like, engines and shit like that. So she would – then she'd take the engine, and she'd go to another cool guy, and he'd be like, oh, I'll put it in here for a couple hundred bucks. You know, I'll hook you up. You know, bam, you know. So, um, yeah, so she fixed cars and, and, and did all that. And then um, her – her next and last gig was uh, she was she was a salesman at Volkswagen, which is why I'm like a diehard you know V-dub. Yeah, I've, I've owned like 15 Jettas in my life. I'm just fucking you know diesels. And, uh, I'm I'm Volkswagen until I die. <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah, that was that was her, like her humility, and her, she she didn't have a salesman like bone in her body. It was just her like her humble her humbleness like would win all the deals. She would sell you know twenty thirty cars in a month, and like having no clue about finance, she was just like, okay, can you write me up a deal that you know that's gonna you know give them a good deal, um, and that's that's her. She just like gives all that, and so. Those are the two aspects of my life that kind of balance me out. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, and then I have a mentor too, who I, who I, uh, uh, who I attribute a lot of my, you know, my skills, my electrical skills, because that's, that's kind of where. How would you describe this mentor in just three words? A robot. A robot, um, well, so robot, one a robot master engineer yeah robot master engineer who's no longer with us he died okay. in a motorcycle accident oh shoot uh he was only three years older than me so which is really you know it, it's it burns because um i mean this man he he's the type of person well he ran an entire co i lived in a co-op for a few years a hippie commune up in pomona oh, okay uh, best years of my life Oh my uh, just living with a bunch of hippies, it was great. Um, and so uh, that was, uh, there was, there was five homes. So he, he ran that whole kind of co-op and you know, he would do the day-to-day, -day, like change the water heater over there. You'd see him you know, running five miles in the morning and then he'd, he'd go do that and then he'd run his business and then he'd prepare for Burning Man and, you know, and then he'd like be in politics. It was like, this man just like, I don't know, I don't think I ever saw him asleep. Honestly, I know he slept like a vampire somewhere, like just kind of, okay, I'm good. And then he Standing was just up. off, yeah. Um, but the people that knew him and know him and, and really like, man, how, how is he gone, you know? Um, I, I know, like myself, there's a lot of, lot of folks, like my really close friends, um, that just are, you know, blown away by, by how is this type of person, because he's a type of person. He's, you don't see these people a lot. You, you'll see them, and then you're like, this guy's fucking weird he's a dick like he's mean he is he's like he's you know he thinks in colors and shapes and and forms and theory like anything else is you don't understand me you're you're dumb <laughs> like like i'm telling you how to do things and, and then people would involve emotions around it and then he would just shut off you like, yeah. yep he's like no, that's not my thing sorry go and then you know after a few times of me like actually crying because I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to cry, but that dude made me cry a few times. And I was like, fuck, I disappointed him. <sighs> but, you know, he was, and my brother, my brother, um, who's, who's also my longtime mentor, Carlos, um, who's, I, I'm an electrician because of him, basically. Okay. He started the this. electrician lineage, uh, lineage yeah. in my family. And there's uh, one, two, three, four, four of us siblings that are all electricians. Oh, I love he it. He was let's a pioneer. Let's come back to Carlos yeah. here in a second. Sure, I, certainly, I, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. Because what I love is you're humble and you're, you're, as you bring up the people that have guided you and helped you, I know that list continues in that excitement because... None of us would be anywhere oh, we are without someone that's done it and someone that was kind enough to put a hand out for us. To unpack that, my biggest takeaway is your dad gave you the energy and doing it at a young age. I relate. And I guess before going into this, I think anyone listening, right, asking yourself, regardless of what age, looking at both of our parents, whether we know them or not, are maybe our guardians and who raised us. And regardless of who those people are, 
what kind of traits we have in life. And I can guarantee you for some of the younger listeners that I didn't think this would happen, right? I never thought I'd become my mom or my dad, but the older I get and the more I practice just being present, right? And, and I think I get a little bit more wisdom, the more and more I realize I'm, I'm a spitting image and I, I am excited because of it, right? And it so, is, it's exciting, it honestly is. Right, right? And so I wish I could meet your, your parents. Like, I, oh, I, want, yeah. I want to see the, the awesome get, Connor in, in, in them. We're going to get parents involved in this, for <laughs> sure. And that's some of the feedback that we've gotten. So is there next more time wine? I'm back in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, that would be too funny. We gotta, we're going to start trying multiple people involved in, in these here soon. Um, your dad gave you the energy. I relate to that because for me, at a young age, I think I explained it on episode two, uh, sixth grade, my mom came out of prayer and she said, Connor, I just spoke to Jesus. And I grew up very religious, right? Both yeah. sides of the family, different types. And I was at that perfect age where I needed some guidance, some influence, and that was all I needed. I fully believed my mom and the energy, and she, and she said I was going to be a Christian rock band artist. I'd be playing guitar. Well, maybe this is where my mind took over. I was going to play guitar, and I was going to like, also do vocals. Immediately go home all pumped. Get, uh, save up an allowance to buy a cheap acoustic guitar. Save up some more, start taking lessons. Episode, or lesson two is like, this is not for me. I mean, yes, looking back, I gave up <laughs> way too quick. Um, but I, and then in your, your mother, that humbleness, right? And that is such a core part of who you are. And just the time we've been able to spend, you definitely are a humble individual. And when we start talking here in a little bit about like the sales aspect, you live the life of a social seller. Like you're, you're providing that value all the time. I mean, you're transforming your company. You're in the process of making your company employee owned, right? Not many business owners, you know, think like that, but that's really coming from a self selfless heart and your mentor too, you know, being that type A personality to that level. And it's more common in like engineers, maybe electricians, they see things in, in just a different way. Um, maybe at times can seem like they lack personality, but they just think at a level that most of us can't comprehend. And so it's awesome yeah. that obviously you have to be a smart guy if, if, he kept you around. I'm glad he made you cry because I'm, I'm guessing that it made you a better person. Um, I think this guy, this goes really well into my next question and it's, are, do you consider yourself self-made or made for? Definitely. So a client of mine once, once uh, analyzed me, he was, uh, he, he was like a psychologist or something. Um, and I went to his house and that's, that was my job, right? I'd go down there, you know, put together a proposal, open up my laptop, and then talk about stuff, talk about them, talk about their dog. And he was talking about me, you know? He flipped a script on me, and uh, you know, he got to know me, and he's like, you know what, you're an autodidact. I'm like, what the hell's that? Because he, he, he got into like, oh yeah, what about your history? Why does that sound familiar? Autodidact? Yeah. Autodidact is, yeah. uh, is a person that learns everything on their own, right? So I kind of told him, yeah, no, you know, school wasn't for me, you know? I, I barely finished high school because, you know, I had to. Otherwise, you know, just no. <laughs> um, but after that, and I think I absorbed a lot of my knowledge in elementary school. Like, believe it or not, third grade was like, all the numbers just came and like, and then that's it. Like, I, I started becoming a problem solver at a very young age. And what, so... What does that mean, though? So like, I don't know. Like, oh, like uh, okay. just, if you I'll give you an really... Example. Yeah. Simplifying things. So when I learned how to simplify math, right, division, simplifying, and then into like a one or whatever, 
that really taught me a huge lesson in life. And I always wanted to simplify everything from there. Just like simplify that. Okay, well, get to, from point A to point B. Why do you have to do all that when you can just go like that and then simplify that? And then, you know, in business and career, even when I started as an electrician, um, I was taught a certain way to wire, you know, some lights, you know, start here and then go that way, throw that wire that way. And I'm like, that's so slow. What if I, you know, put up these, you know, these wires on these spinners and then I, and then I wrap them all and then I, and I start up here and then I would like, what if, what if I don't have to get off the ladder and I would just like hang on the, on the, on the rafters and pull my ladder because I had a four foot ladder and they wanted me to use a six foot ladder because it was safer, but I couldn't drag a six foot ladder around. So I would just like drag it with my foot and like hang on the rafters and like pull wide. So I was always into doing shit quicker and faster and better. Um, and you know, it, it's not always everyone's style and that I couldn't keep a job for the life of me because I was always trying to simplify the process that was already in, you know, put in by someone else. So corporate life for me, it was just like, you're a fucking smart dude, but you're not a good fit. Mm. So <laughs> I lost a lot of jobs. That's why I was like, I got kicked. I, I had to do, I had to kickstart myself. <laughs> like, all right, if I want to do shit my way, I just have to do it my way. And so the question was <laughs> self-made or made for self-made. Yeah, definitely self-made. I think, do you think just in general, other humans, regardless of what they want to do in life, if we simplify life to the simplicity that we're just all chasing happiness and that form can look different for everyone. Some might define it as money. Mm -hmm. Some could define it how much they give back and, and money or time or whatever that looks like, right? It can be for anyone. What would you recommend to someone, or not recommend, just in general, do you think on a global scale, the 7 billion plus, is everyone? See, um, I guess what, what has worked for me and hasn't, but I'm going to say it's worked for me because up to this point, I'm happy. Because every single year, um, I, I kind of made a promise to myself when, you know, when, I, when I had my first job, I was, I was getting paid 12 bucks an hour to do the hardest work, you know, for an 18 year old to do. It's not like flipping a burger or helping somebody out at Vaughn's. It was literally like pulling wires across, you know, an apartment and nailing your hand to the rafters because you didn't know how to nail it. You know, it was like cuts and scrapes and bruises and like, and just tired and beat up and In torn. Minimum, not a very good wage. And so. no, a shitty yeah. wage. And I had to drive, you know, an hour there. And I was living in Mexico at the time. So, it was, it was, you know, cross the border and then drive an hour. So it was literally two hours each way just to get. So it's like, it's like living in L.A. basically. Uh, <laughs> L.A. was like, I did another stint there. Hated it because of the traffic. But, but yeah, it was, it was all that. And it was like wake up at 4 in the morning to get back at 8 o'clock at night and come back with a $70 check, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. What would, if we were lucky. <laughs> what would you recommend to someone out there that might be listening and they think, you know what? It's easy for someone else to say you're mm -hmm. self-made, right? Like yeah. you made yourself, but I know I was born with this lack or God forbid, like a disability or, or anything like that. What would you say to that individual? I would say, um, just, just set your standard to yourself every year. The, the one thing that, that really helped me kick my ass into gear was, and I didn't finish the, uh, the whole, you know, starting there, 
I said twelve dollars an hour. I want to be making eighteen dollars an hour. How do I do that? You know, and I, you know, I proved myself a little bit, and then I said, how do I do this? And okay, you have to do this. Okay, cool. Do it. Done. Eighteen dollars an hour. Give it up. You know, what do I have to do to make twenty-two dollars an hour? This is me like at nineteen or twenty in like two thousand. So it was it was good money. Yeah. And then uh, you know, for me that wasn't enough. I was like, how can I make three hundred dollars a day doing electrical work? Well, you'd literally have to wire up like all these apartments. Done. Can I get help? Can I bring help in and pay them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So that's when I started team building and, and started doing that. And so every year I kind of just, you know, I set that goal. It's like last year was last year and I have to do better this year. And every year after that, I have to increase by, I don't know, something, but not nothing, right? Yeah. And throughout the years, like my, my earnings, my wages, my, my experience, everything was just growing, not exponentially. I, I, I haven't been able to 10x in one fucking year like a lot of people do. And I'm kind of jealous of that, but, but at the same time, like I don't know what I would do with myself with such fucking power, you know? It's like, no, I don't need that. I need to do it slowly. That's the humbleness. Um, yeah, I, and I have to because I just, I know myself. I'm, I get out of control and it's like, I, boom, like that's it. I will go off the fucking rails and you'll never see me again till like eight in the morning and I'll be back, right? But hey, just, <laughs> just on that note, the fact that you say it and just we, we, you and me have talked about self talk <laughs> before is that, and we've talked previously about like, maybe working in NLP or things and, and realizing how, how self-talk works and just saying that could be a limiter that like is potentially blocking that, you know, coming in to some degree. Right. So, I mean, I agree. There is this, uh, I have the same feeling, right. That's the only reason why I'm bringing it up is like the feel there, there is such thing as like the fear of success and yeah. whether it sounds like a blanket statement or not when you really get into self-development and I think at some high levels you start to really try to look at yourself in the most authentic light and it's a very common thing once you start diving deep enough and it's rooted in you know a handful of things that's something I'm working on and just I wanted to mention that that doesn't mean by any means there might be um I've felt jealousy like that, right? Like, oh, yeah. you have your yeah. friends, and I'm sure you've had friends around you. It's like, I can oh, do it. Why don't I and, fucking do it? Right? You know, like, right? But then at the same time, it's like, I'm not mad. This is the journey. Yeah. And if you take a step back, you're like, damn, <laughs> what have we created? It's a lot bigger than any individual, right? Yeah. And that, I think that alone is pretty cool. And baby steps. Baby, oh, baby steps. steps. I mean, I, I stopped being a hundred air and became a thousand air, you know? And then, you know, whatever, thousandaire, then you 10, just gotta, you can't just jump from thousandaire to millionaire. Like, yeah. I mean, you can, but I don't know how many people survive that jump. Or, or sustain it. I or think sustain that's it. Less, yeah, exactly. Right? And we talked about that. It happens so often. Like, if you get pissed about the, mm -hmm. the guy, that, that digital marketer, that salesperson, that guy that owns, guy or girl that owns the e-commerce store, they start an Instagram store. I mean, really, we would just consider those marketers like e-com. A lot of times when you're 17 through 25 and you make a million dollars in a year and you tout it and you see paid ads all the time, what I guarantee you is that isn't sustainable 95% of the time. It could be more, right? And ask other digital marketers in the sense of you can hustle your way to it. Don't feel bad about these people because almost all of them don't repeat that the next year. Why? Systems, 
like you talked about and like you started to learn in third grade. That's wild. First off <laughs> systems in place because you have to have a foundation, not only in life. I think this applies to life, but it's also business. Chris and I, when we were two or three years into uptown creation, we had an honest look at ourselves, and we were like, okay, Hey, we're good at these couple things, but damn, we are not good when it comes to financials or like the accounting aspect in billing along with operations. We knew how important both aspects were, right? If we wanted our company to grow, we need our financial metrics and financial targets to all be aligned with our goals, right? Yeah, Otherwise definitely. you're just like a shooting, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I don't even know what the good analogy is. I lost analogies there for a second. Um, and I just, what I mean here is I, I wouldn't feel bad about it. And I, this is something I dealt with through college. I was in digital marketing and even up to today, you see it. Instead, look at it and just go, I'm proud of you. And hope the best for them, right? If you have a friend or anyone in your network that's done it, there's nothing wrong with it, right? Hopefully, they're sustaining it. Hopefully, they've built systems so they can repeat this for a few years in a row. That is the, the point I wanted to make. Now, I want to dive in and kind of slow it down for a sec. Manny, you and me have always had upbeat and, for the most part, just happy conversations, whether it's related to business, whatever. I'd love to understand you even more. And what would you say throughout your childhood up to today has been the lowest point in your life? And when you were at the absolute lowest, how did you break through? Huh? Lowest point. Aha. Okay. Yeah. I was, uh, I was around 17, 17, 18 ish. Um, I, I had dabbled around in some pretty hard drugs, not for a long time. Think, you know, think things, yeah. <laughs> um, think life. And, but I, I, you know, I, I didn't, I did some shit that I didn't think I was capable of doing, you know, um, nothing like that would land me in prison, right? Because I was always afraid. I'm always afraid. I still am terrified of fucking losing my liberty, you know? Terrified. That's why I own a lot of guns. Like, <laughs> I don't fuck around. Like, you you know, do. Nah, but I'm not that kind of liberty. No, I know, I know. But no, no, it's, it's, it's more so like my dad, and this is another thing that my dad is telling me, is like, if you ever, 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 ever fuck shit up and land in jail, you're going to stay in there. <laughs> I'm not going to go get My you. My dad said the same thing. Not going to get you. You're going to stay there and it sucks in there. Just tell me, like, believe me. Yeah. I'm not going to help you. Don't fucking call me because you're in there for whatever, dude. So just don't call me. So don't go to jail. All right, cool. And, uh, that, you know, and it, it kind of helps that to, to see because I, I, I grew up with seven siblings of which, um, five of us are males and, um, you know, a few of my, couple of my brothers, um, you know, they did some pretty hard time and stuff like that and, and went through a really rough time. And as me growing up seeing that, you know, I was just like, I didn't know what to think of it, right? It was just, I was just fucking scared yeah. <laughs> to, to, you know, to have to go through that because those... I, I saw their pain, you know, and I saw their, their pain and, and, their, and my mom's pain was just like, cause she was always the one there bailing them out and like giving them food and money and like sustaining. And, and, you know, these guys, they were, they're built, they're built tough. Like my, my brother, Ivan, he's fucking, he's a saint, dude. He's, he's my mom times 10, um, with a, with a 
with a few felonies. Like it's it's weird, but he's like the yeah. humble. Like out of all my brothers, he's the one that would that would come after anybody that did anything to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Just out of like, oh yeah, <laughs> not not you well, know I don't know. Um, so can can we take it to when you were seventeen or eighteen? Seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. And you like what group? What crowd of people? Because I oh I friends. Think I mean, just friends. And and what was it like? Were you just having fun? Was it parties? Was it was it all of it? I mean, you were in San Diego, so it's no. Like, actually, no. I I did a stint in in Tijuana because I went to go live oh. with my dad at the so time. So now you have to explain what the hell. Dude, Tijuana I've been everywhere. Like. I've been everywhere. I, in I've, San Diego, it's TJ, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's T, it's uh, it's yeah, like TJ is here too. It's like it's everywhere. But um, I I went to go live with my dad for a while because my parents are separated, and I wanted to go because he was you know he was he was really successful. He had a few businesses and real estate and all you know, um, and so you know I I would go visit on the weekends and and you know I I would I would leave my home where, you know, we, we would barely, you know, have to make our own food. It was, like, really tough growing up because my mom worked a lot. And I'm not saying that I lived a shitty childhood or anything like that. Um, I was really well taken care of. But um, there just wasn't, like, there wasn't those things that I didn't experience, like going on vacations every time and, like, having a maid picking up after my, <laughs> my shit. I would get home and just, like, throw a sock over there to this and then, you know. And then this lady would just come and pick up after me and make me food. And it was like, fucking great, dude. It was like, awesome. <laughs> it was fun, you know, it was some experience. And, and, I, and I was always like, I was a little bit safer, dude. Because growing up, you know, as a, as, you know, as a, as a younger child uh, with my brother, Ivan, um, you know, I, just, I was just like involved in a lot of things that I shouldn't have been involved in when I was younger. And, and you know, I think I kind of got away from a lot of things. Um, and it's not, it's not like I regret it, but, but at the same time, like, like I saw a different, a different thing, a different pace in life. I think, I think seeing different perspectives, traveling and going different places is always like super healthy for the human mind and just human in general, getting to know different cultures, different everything. And so I've had to move around so many times and adapt to different cultures, friendships and ways of being. And it was like, okay, now I have to be this way. Okay, you know, <laughs> let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, and so at 17, I was hanging around with a group of friends. They all had nice cars. You know, we were driving around like Mercedes when I was 17 years old. Um, you know, just money and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, we, we met this really weird drug called crystal meth <laughs> for a couple months. And <laughs> he was like, it was the worst thing ever. It still is the worst thing yeah. ever, you know? And it was like, we just went into this like, crazy spiral and like, um, I got in and my dad used to, used to have a, this drawer he keep under key. Um, and I know cause I, he would go and like, and he would like, he would pull, cause he had, he had, uh, he had, uh, like jewelry stores and I, I was actually selling stuff for him when I was a little kid. Yeah. That was my first job was I was a salesman. I didn't, I didn't come to mind until like I got into sales like 20 years later, but anyway, yeah. that's a different conversation. <laughs> um, and so he would come like with cash, like wads of fucking cash. He just pull it like out of his pants, like a wad of cash and like throw it in this thing and lock it up. And so I never thought again, I, I, he always just, you know, gave me money, like $20 for me. He was like, what the fuck? Crazy. I'm going to go to the arcade all day. Like, <laughs> you know, I was a kid like with friends cause I would give him quarters and like, that was yeah. fun, you know? And so, um, yeah, one day I, 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 I was just high off my ass and we needed some more cash and I went in and, 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 and I devised this really fucking way and I broke into his shit and like stole money from him. 
you know? And what happened was, I didn't get caught. What happened was he started noticing because I did it more than once, like in a week. So he's like, and then he blamed it on my, on my stepmom, who's my mom. I have two moms. I love her to death. And she got shit for it, like really bad. And, she, and you know, and I, would, I just stayed quiet and I, I didn't like, I didn't fess up, you know? But I saw her getting shit for it. And then like my brothers, her children, my stepbrothers, who, who, you know, I love to death. One of them just said like, man, you should, you should really like step in and do something because it's pretty shitty. <laughs> She's like yeah. getting shit for it. And so that's the moment where I was like, all right, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. So that was a super low point in my life. I didn't need to go to rehab or anything like that. It wasn't that yeah. bad. Um, like I said, it was like, it was like a two month trial and, and I, I knew what that fucking shit was, you know, capable of doing to someone. And that was enough for me. It was like, all right, boom, I'm done. Like, yeah. Um, and so, you know, and I, and I, I, I wrote this like funny thing about that was I, I wrote a confession letter, which turned into a proposition, which actually got me a vehicle out of it. <laughs> got you a vehicle? What the yeah. hell? I got a car out of it. I don't know. I wrote this really, really impressive letter, like apologizing. And then it turned into like, this is why I want to turn around my life. And this is why I need a car, right? I need a car to do this and that. And then I'm going to go, da, 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 da. and I got a car out of it. <laughs> so, so you sent this proposition to your parents? To my dad. Yeah. To your yeah. dad. I wrote this letter. I was high. And then I was like, you know, it was oh, a really gosh. good life. I wish I would have saved it because it was like, it was a masterpiece. That's where you go. Like, no, here you start taking your shirt off. You have the tattoo on your back. What? You, oh, you I have didn't have tattoos tattoo. yet. No, okay. No, no I started yet. getting tattoos when I was like 32 or some shit. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. See, I see a lot of friends and I definitely did it for the same reason. Like as soon as it's legal, whether it's like 16 or 18 in your state, depending on where you get it. And I think for a lot of people, it's just this rebellion. It's also yeah. like, oh, damn, I'm this age. And maybe that's a form of rebellion, too. But for me, it was like almost rebelling against how disciplined and strict things were growing up. The yeah, other point definitely. I want to make here is there's a book called Stealing Fire. And it's something I think the subheading goes like how maverick scientists, the Navy SEALs and something else do something. Right. But Stealing Fire. This book came out in the last three to five years. It is unreal. And the biggest takeaway is that human nature and us mammals especially love altered states. And the crazy thing is, is it's not just humans. What do I mean by altered states? It's consuming substances that take you to altered states. It's still you, but it's you in a different lens, maybe looking at the world differently. So I mean this very much in the self-discovery type of way. But I'm telling, I'm saying this because I, I see a more, it becomes more and more of a pattern as I meet influential and people I look up to even more and more. And then moving to Southern California where this is a lot more acceptable and, and it's a lot more heal yourself, be proactive. There's things out there. There's Eastern culture. I definitely lean towards Eastern culture after living in Asia for you know a year after school, after college. In this book, Stealing Fire, goes into so much detail. And a couple of the craziest things that just come to mind right now is that it shows these examples of, I mean, what a lot of us don't know is the Navy SEALs are using this to literally, they're using self-deprivation -depri tanks, right? Like float tanks, along with other substances. And I, it, it's been at least two years since I've read the book, so I don't want to name like what substance and be com and completely off to learn new languages in two weeks, right? We're talking the government's highest investment 
right? Being in the special forces for the amount of education and training and, and the equipment that they get and the things they have to do. And that's how they're training them at a different level. The other levels are animals, right? And you can actually look this up, but there were a couple of viral videos in the last 10 years. One is we've captured multiple times on video dolphins, right? So the other thing is that it's got to be a mammal that has a more advanced brain, but I'm sure I could get more specific. I'm not mm -hmm. going to try to, dolphins, to detail monkeys. it, right? <laughs> so yes, monkeys too. Dolphins have been captured and you can look this up on YouTube too, but there's a science behind it. They will pass around a puffer fish. A puffer fish to them, they purposely put it in their mouth to a certain degree where it punctures, not too much because it would kill them, but just enough. And you watch these dolphins within just a couple <laughs> seconds. And there's, we're talking like five or six of these, just like you're, Are you you're about dolphins smoking, passing hanging out a in college. Puffer pipe? Literally, this is what I'm saying. And it's, this is the best part. This is why you need to look up the video. <laughs> the dolphin is like two to three seconds later, just casually like, kind of like chill. They just go upside down and they chill upside down. All like Holy sitting in a circle shit. at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, it's crazy. They're like the original hippies, right? And then elephants, right? Also, <laughs> extremely smart. Elephants in rural parts throughout the world where hopefully there's still elephants, right? Running wild. They have been known for pummeling villages that they know have a distillery or brewery because, again, this isn't like a distillery or brewery we're probably considering, right? But these villages, someone's creating alcohol, right? Some kind of liquor is being distilled, some type of beer. So Elephants a, a love <laughs> beer. And it goes into it. They love getting fucked up. So That's all funny. I'm saying here is like, Yes, these are off and outlier scenarios. But if you look into the science, and that's something college taught me, is like, hey, emotions, that's awesome, right? Look into it. Science backs it in a factual sense. There is a way and in a, a method behind this madness. But anyway, altered substances, I understand it, and I think that's a personality trait that I realize is more and more common in entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. high-achieving people, right? If you start reading biographies on Elon Musk to... Oh my gosh, the list goes on, but I'm literally just running a blank. I mean, Joe Rogan to be relevant with people to like people that openly talk about it, like Tim Ferriss to, it's just most people still, it's becoming more and more acceptable, right? And I think yeah. there's two big differences in why you would consume substances, right? It's altered states. It's, do you view this as like, I'm doing it recreationally going to a festival? I don't, I'm not saying that like there's anything wrong doing it, right? No. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't once or twice in my life, but how I've used it since sophomore year of college is a way to really understand myself. Seeing it as such a good opportunity and doing it in a sense like what I think a scientist might do because I was scared shitless to start, right? Like the first time experiencing magic mushrooms, right? Or shrooms. It was like, oh, I was so intimidated, but I had heard like good things from people I really trusted and people that I knew only wanted the best things for me. And I've always had a natural curiosity. And, and I think to some degree, it's like, I'll try most things within a limit that I've created in my mind once, Microdose. but I'm not, in a, and I'm not in a rush to do right. it. Right. I know in life, like the universe will bring it into my life at the right time. Yep. Right. Well, I remember the first time doing magic mushrooms and it was in college. And I remember writing down in this notebook, like the exact dosage. I, I was going to do an eighth and <laughs> I, I put it in a, the blender and I made a smoothie and I drank it with strawberries and blueberries. And then I turned all my TVs off and I made the roommate was gone. He always traveled. Shannon, shout out. He loved to snowboard. I was always <laughs> on the go. So I had this huge apartment in downtown Iowa City um, and I just locked the doors 
turned my phone off, put it away and made sure I told myself, I'm not going to have any distractions. Like so if you I'm going to do by this, yourself. I wanted to, that's oh, wow. the curiosity <laughs> okay. and the level. And I've continued to, right, on. right. I mean, maybe not as much since moving out here. I mm-hmm. think there's something special when you, you have a certain vibe and energy with a certain person. And when I'm saying this, this is like very occasional shit. Right. This is like, it feels like it's right. And again, you will never catch me buying anything. Like it's something about, it feels right. And it's the right moment. I think anyone that's experienced a psychedelic in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go to Burning Man, you kind of have to take your shit with you. <laughs> yeah, and Elon, and what most people don't know is Elon has been going for like the last oh, nine yeah. years or 10 years in a row. And he goes with his cousins. And he wouldn't be bring, the person that he is if he didn't They go bring to the Man. craziest cars. <laughs> yeah. They bring the, that's what him and his cousins like yeah. compete. So like one year, um, he brought this low rider, right? Mm. But he had it customized so that the steering wheel wasn't like, let's say this is the real way to hold a steering wheel in this car, right? He had it extended, so he was driving it from behind his back, like above his head and behind his head, right? This is crazy. Um, these are in his biographies. This is in Stealing Fire. This is when you get to understand the individual and you don't just look at what media and social media portrays, but like, if you have a real curiosity, dive into them. Biographies yeah. are sick. Um, altered states, stealing fire. You can look into it if that even makes sense. In no way am I endorsing it. I think there's certain <laughs> types of people that. Do you remember might be Altered Beast at all? Mm-mm. Altered Beast. Energy no? drink. Oh, I'm I'm way older than you. <laughs> no, I purposely was just playing. Sega. Dumbass. It was a Sega game. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Um, no, it was about these beasts that would like transform into into something else, and it was like this whole like. As a kid, like seeing that, I, I I remember like actually feeling like that sometimes, like like transforming into a beast. I don't know when, I, when you said altered, it, just, it came to my mind. You cracked me up. <laughs> I, I I knew you were gonna make me laugh throughout this this interview, so I w- I've been excited. Um, Manny, what separates you from? other entrepreneurs. You and me both know a lot. It makes the most sense. I mean, I know you and me both surround ourselves a lot of times with business owners just because it makes sense. But what separates you from any other entrepreneur? Oh, man. I don't know. Everybody's just so unique. And I I salute every single entrepreneur out there. Um, I sometimes, I, I struggle with calling myself that. And I, I feel like you have to earn that, right? It's like, you can't just be an entrepreneur, man. Like, um, you have to, like, you have to really, like, bleed and, you know, and suffer and go through all the shit. I guess, I guess some people, I, I, that's my, my perspective on it. I think it's wrong, though. I think some people actually get into entrepreneurship and they, and they, they, they just do things easily and fine and well. Um, but for me, it hasn't been easy. So I haven't earned that title yet. So when you, that's why I made that reaction. I'm like, other oh, entrepreneurs. I'm like, I don't know, because I'm who, not, who probably would, not as good. <laughs> who would you blame for the reason that you aren't as successful as maybe you know you could be, or like, oh, people that you know? Yeah, <laughs> me. <laughs> like, who else am I gonna blame? That's that's totally me. Like, I I get in my own way all the time, all the time. Um, I think my biggest my biggest downfall is is wanting to do too much at you know just spreading myself way too thin i don't i don't have like like laser focus to do one thing and just um because because i think i'm capable of doing so many other things and and here's where will my mentor comes into play and i see how he was able to do many things at, at the same time and i'm like and it's not that i want to do that it's just i know that i'm capable of it 
And even if it takes me, you know, two, three, I'm in my third year of startup with One Up Solar, and it's like, um, right now, and I haven't, I hadn't noticed it, but what I've been building for the past three years, or what we've been building, I'm sorry, um, I have an excellent team, Sarah, Deyes, Your whole team Priscilla, awesome. like, my Incredible whole team is awesome, Juno, like, dude, I mean, the people that stuck around, I'm, I've, I've had people come and go, and they're all great, I love them all, honestly, I have no, I, I don't have anything bad to say about people that didn't stick around um, because of, you know, whatever they might have felt or thought. Um, but, you know, the decisions were made, and I think the decisions were just, you know, you're just not part of this, and you don't want to be a part of this. And so this is why I want to change it up, and I, I don't think that I should be the owner of anything. And, and I was just telling Priscilla the other day about this, and I'm like, I, I don't own anything. I'm happy I don't own shit. Like, I don't, I don't own anything. I don't own my stocks. I don't own my Bitcoin. Like, I don't own it. I, nothing is mine, you know? And when I said that, I, I felt really, like, relieved, you know? Um, it's weird. I, I, I don't want to own my company either. <laughs> I, I think it's a, I don't know if it's a good thing to say it or not, but I want other people to own it because they've built it with me. And so, I mean, honestly, that, that's, that's what it is. If we, if we build this into a value asset, and we are looking into that, but I'm, we're not ready yet. And if it is, you know, I'm going to pay out everybody their yeah. equal share. You yeah. know? I'm not going to be the one to just, oh, thanks, guys, peace out. And, you know. so can, you, can you explain what you mean by you don't own anything and why that gave you like, this, I don't this know. Freeing, it's, it's freeing <laughs> sensation? It, it just um, it, it, it gave me... It just gave me the freedom of not wanting to like pursue to like own this and that and real estate and everything like just have everything like in my name and all that. It's just like I don't know why am I always chasing that, right? It's gonna come to me. Money always comes to me. Like I've always had that gift, and it's 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 scary, and it's and it's like it's really fucking scary because I can get down to like reds, and I'm like mm, this is like getting really hairy, and it just money just comes. Okay. <laughs> I've just experienced this for the first time and, and it takes a long time to get there. What's crazy is you're a couple years older than me, mm. right? And for me, there's this excitement in the unknown to it because it's so new to me, right? And you work so hard being broke as an entrepreneur because it's this, <laughs> hopefully I get a, and, and the thing sad, is, is anyone cool, that's actually going to do it to the point that I think it usually works and it actually starts to bring in a little income, right? Yeah. Just better than no income is and you're not the unicorn cases, it would be, um, you know, you have to fail and it's going to be a long time. And the people that almost have the mindset of like, okay, well, if the statistics are saying nine out of 10 small businesses fail in the first two years, I'm willing to fucking have 10 and I'm willing to give up 10 years of my life of being broke, borderline homeless, sleeping on friends' couches because I don't know why, but I feel like I need to. And I really don't like working for anyone else. And not just, I, I think there's a seriousness and depth within it because it doesn't make sense to get into it. And I think where people say you need to be passionate about it, that's a loaded question for the majority of the world, right? Most people, and, and I was there, like, what are you passionate about, Connor? Right? I remember freshman year of college, like entrepreneurship, it's like, what the fuck are you that's talking about? Like, that's that's, it's question. so loaded. It's like, I don't know me. <laughs> I, I can tell you how old I, I am according to like what my parents have always told me, but 
it's loaded. You have to go out and experience life. Like you mentioned, right? You have to travel. I would wholeheartedly yeah. agree. You have to get out and travel <laughs> and don't travel like an American, right? Don't travel. An American travels to Canada and Mexico or maybe potentially the Caribbean. Knowing and travelers, it's like, this is I would travel. Else. I would travel like a Canadian. Yeah. They I, travel some the, of the best. best people I've met a on German. the opposite side of the countries. <laughs> and Germans do. Let's go. They travel. They're the like, travelers. And then when you get out there and you're like, oh, damn. Let's say it's a couple of us Americans. And this actually was um, a friend and I when we went to Asia for the first time. It was like 32 days. Just dipped out of college. Didn't even tell my professors. Dope. Well, in my mind, I was like, I'll log in. I mean, every class then at that point's at like 1 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 a.m. Would have been like my normal times just with the, the time zones flip-flopping. And 32 days there, we're like, we're fucking sweet people, right? We, we're like, Americans don't do that, right? It's like seven to 10 days. You go to, this is just going to be cliche, but Wisconsin Dells. Like, who goes right. there from here? But it's like, you go somewhere. And... Uh, no, everybody else in the world travels for months. Yeah, everyone. That's, like, That's what we found. 32 days, yeah. they laughed at. The, <laughs> yeah. But they also have like, holidays. Uh, and like a the, week or a weekend? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yeah, no, uh, you're meeting us. And it's like, how long are you here? That's what an American will say in, in Bali or, or the Philippines or Singapore. Yeah. And when you talk to a foreigner from another country, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm here for another eight days. And that's like, oh, Americans, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, well, then, you know, we have two and a half months still planned, and it's my brother my sister and my dad and we're we have this whole trip like it doesn't stop yeah and no i, I don't I know think <laughs> i i could have heard that on a podcast when i was young and it still wouldn't have impacted me until for whatever weird reason and a part of it was like i need to see something in the world that's just the opposite just to give me some perspective right growing up on a small town farm a town of like three to five thousand people right small town views awesome values and doing it just changed everything and the coolest part about it is you're just experiencing something new like you're you're learning and i think any person that i looked up to or look up to today that i would say is successful or at another level than than most humans they would almost all agree that travel is the best form of education right we can talk about read yeah. the books re listen to the podcast go to the courses go to the events i think those are all necessities too because that's just showing how committed you are to yourself i think that's the biggest thing right it's humanizing and teaches you how to, you know, how to feel and think yeah. and see things different and taste other things and, you know, get to know other cultures is, it's amazing. It's, you can't, you can't live a life without it. Cause if you, if, if you never like go out of your shell, it's, you know, you're just stuck there forever and that's all you're going to see. And a lot of, sadly, a lot of people are, are like that, you know, they're just stuck there and that's, that's kind of where I don't want to be, you know, yeah. I see that, I see that around me and, and. Uh, just, I'm out. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I, I, I can't agree. be there. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, like I don't. I don't mind picking up and going and live in Texas or Oaxaca. Like that was actually our plans were to live in Oaxaca this year. <laughs> that all changed because my dad passed away. But um, yeah, no. Like I, we're we're so down to uproot and go and just do anything. Run a business from here or there. Like it's. There's a freedom there. What I realize is people that can do that. And if I'm being brutally honest, the way I was raised and where I was raised, it wasn't like they had anything against anyone, right? Great people, but there were just certain like instilled beliefs that I think have just been there for generations. And so the way you raised your kids, you raised your kids, or like the way, <laughs> the way I was families, raised, the way you were raised, you raised your kids, right? And 
Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, like, if and this is that the might not that work, I'm going to make is like <laughs> the fact that you've lived in a, a co-op, right? With other people, and it's like we're all going to have our part in this community, and we're going to feed each other. Money is not really relevant. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but it's like it's it's this trading and bargaining of like let's go back to the simple things and get rid of all the bullshit. And it's and, amazing. And, and it frees you, right? I think to most people, and like where I was raised, in the environment I was raised in, I can hear people in my family and friends go like if if. If someone was to do that, it's like, you're woo-woo, you're a hippie, you're joining a cult. Like, you know, the list could go on. And what's so funny is that travel is the reason I was able to break free of all these conditional beliefs. And I'm only saying it because I hope there's one other person out there that might realize, damn, regardless of where I'm at or like where I was raised, in no way does it inhibit you, right? Going back to the question I asked you, are you self-made or made for it? Mm. It's a loaded question, right? It's a loaded question because it's, I just kind of want to watch your facial expressions as you think about how it's always your fault, right? What I'm pretty confident in is that any guest on this podcast, if, if we were to ask that question, because there's filters and criteria to get on, right? You have to actually live the life I would go as far as saying everyone up to this point would definitely always, without doubt, say it's 100% my fault that I, I'm not where I want to be, right? Oh, yeah. And that's the beauty, too. I think there's a freeing <laughs> feeling within that, right? Like extreme leadership, right? Or ex- extreme ownership. Sorry, the book. And that was the, that was the final point. I knew I wanted to get there, but I wasn't fully there. Up until like two years ago, I would still catch myself blaming, right? And I've talked about it before. There are times that the old CP will still show up. And I will come up with the best excuses to why I'm not performing at the level that I should be. And my relationship with family and, and anyone in my life to the team and, and how I'm conducting sales and am I fully delivering and putting everything into it. And I'm sure you might be able to agree. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. You, you, you kind of you have to keep an even balance. So, like, you, 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 there, there are certain people you can blame for things. But it's it's not something you can hold against anybody. It's just like, you know, that's just, you know, it, it, it inhibits you sometimes. Other people's actions and reactions, um, they do play a role, sadly, in, in, in some people's future, you know. And it's and you just have to, you know, pick up your shit and move away. Move See, out I, of the I way. don't it's agree just with like, that. It happens, you know. Uh, I'm, uh, you, you know, I mean, it, it, it has to be able to slide off of you is what I'm saying. Okay, like, and that's exactly Yeah, no, saying. like, oh, shit, well, you know, this didn't happen because, honestly, this person did that. And I just had that experience recently. And I blew up and I fucking, you know, I just, I, and I was just so mad at this, at this one person. And then at the end of the day, I didn't, I didn't go to sleep with it because you go to sleep with that kind of stuff. It's just like, Amen. it ruins you. Um, I, at the end of the day, I ended up blaming myself for putting myself in that situation at, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, that was me that got into that situation. And, you know, people are like that. Who cares, you know? It's not, there's nothing you can do to change it. It's not going to change whatever just happened. Um, but what is going to change is, uh, what's going to help you, you know, not run into that again is realize that maybe you put yourself in that position. Just step back for a second and and, you know, Maybe I did put myself in that position. But yeah, honestly, I did. So I can't, you know, I can't. I have to remove the blame so I can go to sleep at night, and then the next day, it's just, it's done. Removing so. the blame. What is that? Detaching from ego. Yeah. Right? That, 
That's another foundational book, Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It is something that has controlled me and fully transparent. Like I know it's still there and it's always something I'm working on. And it's the thoughts that were better than anyone else and, and taking it over the top, right? Because we both talk about how like at a young age, something <laughs> energized us, right? Right. If someone gave us a little heads up. I mean, you were- And not mad. You, <laughs> <laughs> That Sorry to throw in there. That was a good one. That was a really good one. No, damn. That might, I'm going to go as far as that was the best joke yet. In oh, my opinion. That was the best joke. Um, <laughs> but you had your dad telling you from a young age that you had the blood of an energy drink that of doesn't kings. exist. Yeah, a king. A blood a royal, of kings. Royal. Me and my sister just had the blood of kings. And I think that's what drove us to like to be just like him. I love it. I love <laughs> so, it. And now we're going to switch topics. What I love is you're also in a committed relationship with Priscilla yeah. and Priscilla, an incredible Lovely person. Lovely woman, man. Yes. And, came around uh, and changed everything. <laughs> yes. No. And how long have you two been together? And I just want to know for fellow males and females out there, mm -hmm. what would you say today is the number one advice in just maintaining the highest quality relationship possible? Well, um, when I figure that out, I'll let you guys know. But for the, this in point, the meantime, what you just say today? Obviously, it's not concrete. <laughs> in the meantime, um, I I'm completely I'm completely comfortable with where we are. Um, obviously, every day I catch myself, you know, saying and doing things that are that could that that could be different, right? And so. Just find that person that, 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 you, that you can be comfortable with. It's so cliche, but it is. It's just that, you know? And, and, and Priscilla's just like, she, I see the humble in her, and that just, that just that brings me back home, right? Um, there's no ounce of, like, hatred or, or any, anything. Like, I've, I, I, you know, I, we think we ran into each other. I, I chose right, <laughs> you know? And, and now we have a beautiful baby daughter, um, and I have two beautiful teenagers also, and you know, we, we're all happy, you know, we're all happy. And, and, um, I don't know what the key to a successful relationship is other than just, you know, stick it to it. Don't, don't Let's go off, it. you know? Oh, oh yeah. No, just, I love just this. I love don't this. go off and like, and like get frustrated and, and like try to do better. Cause that's not going to happen. One thing, another thing my dad and my mom told me is like women, I mean, and, and just saying women, men, same thing. We're all the fucking same. Like, we all have our, our kind of, um, I guess, combination, right? That you can, that you can uh, kind of put together, and it works, right? So there's no, there's no oh, this person's like eh, crazy or this and that. No, like, you, just, you guys just have to make it work. The combination is right, and then that's it, right? Um, some people struggle with, with harder, you know, with more difficult things, I guess you should say. Like there's, 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 in a relationship, there's, I, at least in my experience, there's, there's always, you know, a, a black and a white, or yeah. a white and a black, or a, you know, whatever you want to call it, a one and a two, or, or whatever. It's, it's always kind of an uneven or, or different kind of dynamic. So t to be able to, like, you know, see the same color and be gray, for example, is like, that's, that's when you really master it, right? And that's, you know, that's what I, what we are achieving and, and hoping that I can like be that person first before anything else in the world is just like the best partner and then the best boss and then the best you know, parent and not in that same order, but <laughs> when 
she's having a bad day and it's hard to communicate and you have mm. work and you have three businesses to run and you have kids and there's a lot moving and going on. What's that go-to action that kind of brings things back? When she's having a rough day, <sighs> I don't think it back to you on that one. You know, for her, it's just she's she doesn't get that far down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't. She's uh, she's really easy to like pop back, and at least in my perspective, may, from for her it may be different. I don't know, um, but you know, just just snackaroos <laughs> and and bedtime is like if we can just both be cool eating some snacks yes and, you know the baby in the middle now is like and 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 you know my, i have to like learn to just calm down and shut up because my mouth just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and that's like that's the thing like i've uh, <laughs> i'll sleep like four hours a day and like i go to sleep talking i wake up talking i wake up everybody like i'm like you're I'm talking like, through your sleep I talk in my sleep too. No, she talks more in her sleep. That's for sure. But um, I just, I just, my, my big thing is I need to learn how to wind down and just like listen. And I think that's if 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 that's if you were asked that that the answer to your question is if I could just shut up, wind down, and just listen. Listen. That, and that gets right into communication. That's I where I it. have trouble. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you just gave us a good yeah. sight into to the relationship. And I love that because just what I've experienced, you two work together. That's part of the reason that I wanted to ask the question is because in multiple companies, you guys are running this shit together. You have a family to run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're leading multiple teams in different ways, right? Now I'm going to switch the, the side or the, the topic again. Now you are, and I'm going to say it, right? You are not only a renewable energy, but solar energy influencer, right? You are an influential person in this space known throughout the country and not only for the content that you create, but for the, the training programs and, and all of the ways that you go out of your way to help, right? The selfless little stories here are just a fraction of what I see you creating and what you're building and how your team interacts with you. Can you give us some juice into, you, I mean, you're an expert, you are, and you kind of see the direction and you might have a better idea than a lot of us, what do you see the solar energy or just renewable energy in general and any opportunities? Like where is the money gonna be? And I know that's a very broad statement to make, mm -hmm. but like where are the biggest opportunities in 10, 15, even 25 years? Like what does the direction look like for any of us that don't really know anything about renewable energy? Well, the, the direction is, is very clear. Um, we have, the most powerful resource on this planet is the sun. Can we agree? How much energy radiates out of it? Energy, like energy, think about energy and what that is, is, is literally the sun, you know, burning off energy into the atmosphere. And how much of that energy are we actually capturing? Not enough, not enough. You know, technology, uh, solar technology today, um, compared to, say, 15 years ago when I got in, um, there's a difference in, in efficiency in the cells of solar panels of about 7%. 7%. That's you'd, it? You'd, yeah, you'd think, you know, some scientists would be like, oh, fucking the most efficient cell in the world, boom, all you need is a box. Fellow door-to-doors. 
fellow door-to-door salespeople. That blows my mind because I think I've subtly mentioned that, like, can you imagine how inefficient those would be? Whoa, I've never dude. said a number, but now that you tell me. 23% the, uh, is the most efficient solar cell. 23%. Like, you got to think about it. Like, where's the other, so you why know, the hell 88%, are, why the hell does 78%. it seem like 75% of homes in Southern California and uh, arguably, like, the country mm-hmm. is figuring it out, but, like, especially the places in the Southwest where we get a little bit more sun. Why does it seem like 75% or, you know what, we'll just say eight homes out of every 10 in the majority of neighborhoods. Again, I've knocked two to 3,000 doors. Yeah. Right? You're less, we're talking a handful <laughs> of neighborhoods throughout different parts of San Diego. Why does it seem like that many people have them yet you're getting seven between, what, you said seven to 23% so, or 17 to 23 So s- the, the, the difference in, in efficiency in actual solar cells has only changed about 7% in the past 15 years. Okay. And the most efficient solar panel out there today is 23%. Where is that solar panel manufactured? Well, they're all over. I know I they mean, are, but like, why is this one better? This is my natural curiosity. Coming well, why out. isn't it better is what I'm saying. Like, why aren't solar cells 100% efficient? Like, that's like, somebody's, somebody's like bogging down the industry and not letting it grow, right? Because as of today, you can power an entire house with the sun completely. Like, everything yeah, in yeah. the house. Running AC all day, every day, and never pay a bill. Can you power this building with solar panels? No, because this building is like this, you know, and, and there's not enough roof space to cover all the consumption in the entire building. So there needs to be more, there needs to be a more efficient cell. And so, yeah, no, technology has a long way to go. So in the next 15 years, we can maybe see a 50%, you know, efficient cell. So there's a long way to go. Is it going to be solar though? 3% I mean- cap. There, right now, there's a 3% market cap in, in, in solar. So that means that, that only mean? 3% of, of buildings in San Diego, which is, or in California, which is one of the most you know, progressive solar energy states, it's, it's probably the first one that started, and we're only at like 3 to 5%. You know, that, that's, there's a huge market for it. We're still being powered by gas and, you know, and all these, you know, these buildings are all powered by, by, you know, power plants that are, that are nowhere near us. We have to transmit, if you look at a power bill, you, the, about 50 or to 60% of that is all transmission and distribution. Why? Because there's no power plants here. We're not in Texas where there's like oil everywhere, right? So it's ridiculous, you know, like business owners and property owners in general, like why are you still buying power from, Arizona. Quick question. Okay. Whether you are a young individual, late teens, 20s, 30s, 50s, 60s, anything, and you're like, I want to make sure I bank over the next 10 to 15 years, where, will the mo- where, where should I invest my time and money today? Right? And I'm saying purposely the youngest age, like uh-huh. what industry, how, what job should I even be considering to oh. like at the high end of like, if I'm an investor, where should I be thinking? Where can I put my money with? some crypto returns oh buy buy at least a bitcoin buy that shit today i mean we'll, it's only we'll fifty-two thousand right now yeah well i mean and the One other bitcoin. thing guys is that you what I, most people forget is you do not have to have fifty-two thousand no. dollars. you don't have to buy a bitcoin i hear this and i've heard a handful <laughs> of people and i just want to make sure people understand i am not an investment master nor expert and you would oh, yeah, probably we say have the to same say that we're not Disclaimer. we don't give investment <laughs> advice <laughs> i legitimately down the road who knows what'll happen yeah um 
but it makes sense to get into some of the cryptos. Do your own research. But I do, I do want to say one thing. Um, there's in, in the world, um, there's, there's money makers. Okay. What, what is the job that most makes money in the world? Salespeople. Sales. Yeah, hands down. Bottom line. Highest paid profession. What are the two things in the world that move people, power people, and just drive the economies in the world? Two things that I that come to mind. And the most powerful, you know, resources, or it's not even a resource, it's just what powers people. One are drugs. Whether they're Illegal or legal, right? So pharma, drug dealers, the richest fucking salespeople in the world, right? And then there's energy, because without energy, you can't do shit, right? You can't go anywhere, you can't move. City energy turn it, on. energy yeah. is light, energy is food. Energy is everything that makes the human live and move, right? So do I want to sell drugs? Sure, but maybe not. Maybe I'd rather sell energy, right? Maybe it's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> probably you, easier, safer. There's a legal way to do it. I, I could become a pharmacist, and I could get that little... You could, but at the same time, do you want, to, do you want people dependent on that drug? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a trade-off for me, either illegal or not illegal. It doesn't matter. Draw. I'd rather sell energy. It's easier for me because I mm -hmm. understand it, and I know it, and, and that's my thing. And when, when you go to energy, okay, you, you step on this side... And then you've got energy on this side. And then you've got, you know, food, power, and everything else, right? And so I chose power because that's what I grew up in, right? Electricity. And so, I mean, everything in here is power, right? Everything that we're doing, these mics are powered. And, you know, I, just, I don't have to explain it. But if you can be in an industry that generates power and generates power the only clean way other than wind, which isn't available or everywhere. Nuclear. Or well, yeah, but then again, nuclear power isn't exactly, you know, easy okay, to make. Okay, maybe on that filter, yeah. easy to make. Because <laughs> the other thing that I hear, and again, it's only door to door. Right. Because I full heartedly believe this, right? I want to spark good conversation, and any of my good friends know that I'm going to just bring up devil's advocate to some degree. Definitely. What I've heard knocking on enough doors and talking to, I mean, let's just say for this fact, and you've probably knocked a lot more in your life, I'm going to say 3,000 in the last seven months. And that could be incorrect. That's we'll, a lot of doors. <laughs> we'll say 1,000. Okay. Just to make sure that if anyone else say anything, we'll say 1,000, right? That's an easy number, too. You're going to meet a decent amount of people that are pretty damn smart. Now, they don't have to like you. And if you know there's not going to be a sale, a lot of times they start asking just questions, right? Yeah. What do you, how do you spend your time? I feel like you lead teams, right? That's usually on the door, -door <sighs> way of how I can get them to tell me their title. But mm -hmm. these smart people... Some of the objections I hear are, I know solar panels won't even be visible on my roof in the next 10 years. Why would I buy it now? And it's like, I'm not looking into this. The oh, next yeah. would be like, my son is an aerospace engineer for the Air Force or NASA or this program. Like, again, I'm just saying, I wholeheartedly believe these people and whatever. They mention all of these different things that I think could be happening. Yeah. Do you think you have a bias in solar or do you legitimately just think in general this is the next I legitimately think that if you own property you should own your power. That's it. You got to build Great. you got to build equity with energy. It's the only way to do it. 
why, why, if you can't produce your own water, not yet. I mean, I wish the sun could produce water. You know, if we did that, that'd be fucking awesome. But we can produce power, which is one of the bigger bills out here in, in, in SCG&E, right? Like, SCG&E yeah. is the most expensive utility company in the world. Did not know that. It is. In the world, in the United States at least, I think it falls in like number two or three, but it's insane. It's just why, as a, as a property owner, you don't need to be buying this from other people. You can just right. produce it yourself. No matter if it's, if it's bad in five years or what, not bad, but if it's obsolete or they look nice or whatever. But in the meantime, what are you going to continue to do? Like renting your power from someone else? Right. And, and like the only value Doesn't I want to provide here is like, why, it's like, why did you without, buy your house then? Because yeah. I didn't want to rent anymore. Without, without selling and to give context to people too, is like there are a handful of families that I've met and it's fairly yeah. common in a lot, of, a lot of neighborhoods, especially out here, but I'm saying it's got to happen in other states too. They're paying three to $500 a month in electricity, right? Maybe a three-bedroom home, four-bedroom home, and they have a family, right? And because of COVID, whatever, I mean, maybe they've been paying this. And I give that example because to some people, and I know where I grew up, that's crazy right oh, yeah. and that was a, a shock to me moving out here the price of water unreal but the thing is is we want to provide value here an authentic value what i can say is that just looking into the numbers and being in the space i only try to do things and work with companies that align with values right and your passion for renewable aligns with mine because i see it as the future and i see it as a huge opportunity mm -hmm. i don't know when it's going to continue to pop the one point though is that if solar is taking over and the reason why people are looking into it is because you only save money like i don't care what company you go with look into the numbers don't do any type of lease would be my recommendation and i'm not giving any kind of financial advice but just look into the numbers because the same energy you're using and i'm going to say nine out of ten homeowners and I'm going to just say Southern California, keep that basic because I don't want to say anything out because I'm not the expert well, like you. Well, leases but actually that, have a, yeah, I'll, we'll talk okay. about that later. But I'm trained it with a bias. That's how they trained us. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, this is, why, this is why I can't be a good trainer, right? Because I don't have that bias. Because I, I believe wholeheartedly just in, in the premise, yes, right? Yes, I, I got you. I know. I see and, and, and I'm not like. To be renewable. Yeah, I can't be a canvasser trainer because I, I when I go canvassing, like when you say I, I, I knocked a thousand or three thousand doors i can get a lot of result results out of 10 doors you know and that's all i mean i haven't knocked more than 200 doors in the past year and 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 that does enough but i have the experience and the technical everything about you know to, to learn about it and so you either have that or or you learn like you know a, a scripted way to do it and but that 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 in my opinion isn't isn't the best way, right? Like you have to know the whys and everything about it, and and that's what we do, right? That's why we've built this. That's why I'm I'm moving from from you know sales CEO manager to a professor. Like I'm I'm done. I've been on the roof. I've been an engineer. I've been you know designer. I've been in IT. You've I've been I've done everything. Yeah. I've done everything, and and that's that's kind of where. You know, I, I, that's how I wanted to take this trajectory is like I wanted to learn everything about it. And so now, and, and, and the scariest part was sales. Like I, I was so scared of jumping in do, into that and it was, you know, because I didn't have confidence in myself. But then I remembered, wait a minute, I've been selling since I was eight years old. What, you know, I could, I could do this. Yeah. And the moment I did that, stepped into that, it was over, like game over. You've always been a social seller, man. And, and you <laughs> grew up with a mom and, and parents, a dad that told yeah. you. 
you have the blood of, of royalty. And, and I say that in the sense of it's just, hey, I don't have this chip on my shoulder. Like, I don't, it's more than me. And I don't know what direction it's going to take. And your mom to keep you humble. And I see that today and how selfless you are as a leader, an entrepreneur, a business owner, and how you're helping the world. And what I'm excited for is over the next five to 10 years, yeah. I know that whether you're in the renewable energy space, you should already know about you and, and the content and the value you're providing. But I'm saying to the average household, Definitely. they're going to be knowing about this name and you're going to meet Manny. You're going to understand him. He is such a high quality human. It's not about him. How can people get in contact with you? And what would you recommend to people in, in regards to if, if they want to get in contact? I mean, if you, if, if you just want to get some knowledge, um, we're going to be putting out a lot of content here, you know, in the next few weeks, months, um, at the solar plug <laughs> on your connection for solar on Instagram, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you know, we, Sol we the solar plug, the solar plug, the solar yeah, plug, it's pretty standard across the board. Awesome. Um, we run the nationwide uh, platform called one up solar, which is our baby. And honestly, I want to sit back and, and teach like that's, you know, teach what I've learned and what, where I've made mistakes. And um, for homeowners, same thing. Like, there's, there's a lot. I, sp I, I get phone calls randomly from, from like, people that go on my on Google and they just look up solar companies. And, you know, they call and, they, and they're just looking for help because, you know, whoever they did business with didn't pick up. And, you know, I'll spend 15, 20 minutes just kind of talking through them, giving them, you know, tips and pointers. Like, hey, um, look, get, get your bills together. Get all this together. Send me your contract. I'll, 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 you know, I'll look into it because... I, I hate it when, when people don't understand. You know, I, I, I get this a lot. Like, who, who, who did your, you know, your solar install? I don't know. Um, do you have your system monitored? I think so. I don't know. I'm like, you know, like, th there's a lot of schooling that needs to happen with homeowners because it's important. It's, it's you have to learn to manage it. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a whole thing. Like, you have to learn how to know, know your power Manage it because it's costing you money now. Now it's yours. You know, you, ha you can't mismanage your own, your own power. And so I think, um, you know, if anybody wants to get into something like this, it's, it's definitely the way to go. It's, it's beautiful to be Especially able to. Especially if you align, align with those values, guys, yeah. right? And, and that's what I love is you live yeah. a congruent life. Again, back to being a social seller and living a congruent life, your actions, your values, and what you're creating in life should all align, right? And I think it can go as far as when you're gifting things, whether it's a family member, Christmas time, birthday, that even our gifts should be aligned with our values. That's something I've recently learned. We can talk about it later. Thanks again for tuning in to the Social Seller Podcast with Connor Paulson. Manny, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for having in. I love you're this welcome. conversation, and I can't wait for the next. Now, to help us continue providing value, please give us any kind of feedback in the comments down below or subscribe. We are so fortunate for the continued momentum. And again, we're more than happy to put this time in. This is all about you guys and making sure that we are living a congruent life, right? For me, I don't wanna be the person that charges for every piece of content. I think there's a bigger power here and to show people that you might be a salesperson just because you're a high quality human and you can be a salesperson that maybe wants to become a higher quality human, right? It's not like the Wolf of Wall Street. It doesn't have to be. Subscribe, comment, give us feedback, DM me on Instagram, um, and that is in the description below, and that's also where you can connect with Manny. We'll have both of those below. See you next Tuesday, 9 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's Thanks get it. Thanks for tuning in, guys.